to Discover Health, where we help you take control of your health so you can transform your life. Your host, functional medicine expert, Dr. Trish Murray, is on a mission to help every baby boomer age with dignity and grace. So hello everyone, it's Dr. Trish, and today uh, I'm going to cover a very interesting topic in the essence of we're going to talk about a few of the most typical functional medicine labs that are done in the functional medicine clinical setting, and how are they different from some of the traditional medicine blood work or lab tests that you would typically have through your primary care doctor. So the first one I want to talk about is called is a, is basically a comprehensive stool analysis. Now I'm showing you on the screen I'm using and uh, with reading through this podcast you can see hopefully the image of uh, the summary of what's called a GI effects comprehensive profile of the stool. And this is by one particular company, uh, one particular lab within the functional medicine world. There are other labs that do this other than the one I'm using their sample um, report for. But, and again, the point of today is not for me to go over every single aspect of detail of the results of any one report, because this is just a sample report that isn't consistent with any particular one patient. But what I want to make the point of, folks, is that when you go to your primary care doc and you have abdominal pain or you have diarrhea or you have constipation or whatever you might have going on with your gastrointestinal system and your primary wants to do a stool test, what they usually are testing for is simply they're culturing your stool for a, a pathologic bug like Giardia or um, you know, some other pathologic bacteria or bug, parasite maybe, that is causing you to be ill. But that is the only thing usually that the stool tests, again, that a traditional medical primary care doc would be ordering. What you're looking at here with a comprehensive stool analysis is looking at the whole gastrointestinal tract and the different functions of the gastrointestinal tract. So you'll notice you're gonna get information about digestion and whether there is increased protein breakdown products in the stool. If there are, that means you're not digesting and breaking down your proteins optimally in order to absorb them. Also, it's gonna look at fat, fecal fat, meaning how many fat particles are in your stool. Again, if you're not breaking the fat down properly and you're not absorbing it properly, then where does it end up? It ends up going through the entire GI tract and coming out in your poop, in your stool. So the fat, fecal fat would be, for example, high in someone that's not digesting properly and has maldigestion. So my point here is looking at this summary there are many different things that you're going to learn about your gastrointestinal system function by doing 
a um, comprehensive stool analysis. So one thing is digestion. Another thing they're gonna look at is inflammation. There are certain markers that can be found in stool that would be consistent with an increased level of inflammation in your gut. So in this one, you'll notice in the sample we're looking at, you'll also notice that if the number, there's numbers for each one of these categories and the numbers are also in a colored circle. So it could be a green circle which, with a number less than two, which means that that's a very low need for support. There's not really an issue in that category. It could be a gray circle, which would be optional need for support. Again, very low, not really a concern. A yellow circle, which moves us up into more moderate need for support or moderate need for concern of dysfunction. Not pathologic illness, typically, but moderate need for, for functional improvement. And then a red circle would be a high need for support. And uh, anywhere from seven to 10 as a score. So you'll notice again that this, is, this, this test is gonna give you information about your digestion. It's gonna give you information about whether you have inflammation in your gut. It is not just gonna culture the, the bugs in your colon and in your stool. It's also going to look at genetic markers and it's going to determine your entire microbiome. What bugs, what uh, cultures or what bugs, what microbials are living in your colon and making up your individual specific microbiome. Another category is it's going to look at metabolic imbalances. And one of these metabolic imbalances, for example, is one of the best ways and examples that I can give to people of the symbiotic relationship between bacteria and us as humans. Because again, folks, without the multiple pounds of bacteria that we have living in our colon in symbiotic relationship with us, we'd be dead. So the metabolic imbalance with short chain fatty acids, what I wanna do is take a moment and explain this, is that when we eat fiber, we do not digest fiber. The the bacteria that live in our colon, when we eat something that's full of fiber, like a vegetable or a fruit or uh, grains, we don't digest them well. They go down into our colon and the bacteria break down the fiber of that food for us. And when they break down the fiber, they create short chain fatty acids. And the short chain fatty acids that they create when they digest fiber is what feeds the cells that determines the nutrients that feed the cells that line our colon. So you'll notice that we eat fiber, we don't digest it, it goes down into our colon, the bacteria digest it for us, and what they give off is short chain fatty acids. And our cells that line our colon ingest and eat, if you will, or get the nutrients they need from those short chain fatty acids. So that is the best example I can give you of the symbiotic relationship between bacteria in our microbiome and our own health. So if you have dysbiosis and your metabolic imbalance is off and you have low short chain fatty acids, 
then you would need to eat more fiber or you would need to promote the right bugs to properly digest that fiber so that you get the short chain fatty acids you need to feed the lining of your colon. So you'll see these are the things that are way more robust of information on the function of your gut than any basic traditional medicine stool culture is ever going to give you. The final uh, and the fifth category of information on function that the comprehensive stool analysis will give is, is there any infection? It's gonna look for parasites. It's gonna look for candida, particularly yeast that are bad. It's also gonna look at the total abundance of bacteria and tell you if there are certain bacteria that are out of balance that are not the good guys meaning they may not make you pathologically ill to put you in the hospital, but they may be causing your constipation or may be causing your diarrhea of irritable bowel syndrome and things like this. And so the point is you would need to work on improving the right balance of bacteria so that the right beneficial bacteria with the right bandanas around their foreheads, for example, as a gang are running your microbiome. So folks, the point here of going over this for you is for you to see that, that to do a comprehensive stool analysis in the functional medicine realm is gonna give an enormous amount of functional information about how your gut from top to bottom, from digestion to whether there's inflammation, to your microbiome, to the metabolite imbalance and the metabolic function and whether there's infection. This is way more robust and way more complex than any basic stool culture in the traditional medical model will give you. So that was the first test I wanted to review on this podcast. Discover movement will enhance your mobility, build strength, improve balance, and enable you to move with confidence and ease. To register, please visit our Discover Health online shop at members.discoverhealthfmc.com. So the next very typical and very common functional medicine test is a salivary cortisol test. Now cortisol folks is a hormone that's put out predominantly by our adrenal glands and it is our fight or flight stress hormone. And people who have anxiety, people sometimes who have depression, people who deal with insomnia, people who have fatigue, many times have imbalances in their cortisol circadian rhythm or their cortisol levels. Now, the traditional medical model, folks, does not really assess your cortisol levels in a rhythmic way, meaning a natural circadian rhythm way. They may, they may, your primary care, traditional primary care doctor, as I did in the past before I ever studied in functional medicine, I might have done a blood test for cortisol or a 24-hour maybe urine test for cortisol. But neither of those tests tell you what your cortisol level is, for example, first thing in the morning versus noontime versus the afternoon versus right before bed. 
you see the circadian rhythm of cortisol is that when we first get up in the morning, you wake up, your alarm clock goes off and you have to get out of bed. Well, you hit the snooze, of course, and you're awake, but you're not really fully awake and out of bed yet. What's happening, folks, is once that alarm goes off, your cortisol levels from your adrenal glands should rise. And the cortisol awakening response is that from the time you first awake to within the first 30 minutes of being awake and getting out of bed and being up and moving around, your cortisol level should spike by more than 50%. It's like a, more, it's like a natural stress test that your adrenal system should put out cortisol at the highest amount first thing in the morning when you first get out of bed. That's normal. Then as the day progresses from that peak cortisol level when you got out of bed in that natural stress test, your cortisol should naturally be lowering slowly throughout the day until it is the lowest at night right before going to bed. Because cortisol, folks, gives us hot flashes. Cortisol makes us wired. Cortisol keeps us awake. And we don't want a high level of cortisol when it's time to go to bed. Melatonin, which is the opposite of cortisol, is more of our sleep hormone. That hormone should be highest at night when we're going to bed and lowest in the morning when we're getting up and getting ready for our day. So the so a salivary cortisol test, and the one we're using here is called the adrenocortex stress profile. It's basically a test where you're gonna spit in a tube when you first wake up in the morning because saliva is where we use. So you can do these multiple samples throughout the day and you're not gonna pee in a cup or anything. You're gonna spit in a tube. And your saliva is a perfect fluid from your body that will tell us your cortisol level at that time. So you're gonna spit in the tube first thing in the morning and we're gonna get your waking cortisol level. 30 minutes later, you're gonna spit in the tube again and get uh, your cortisol awakening response concept. And then you're gonna do your level from seven to 9 a.m., that range of time, somewhere between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., so around noontime your later afternoon, like three to five. And then finally, later in the evening, like between 12 p.m. and 12 a.m., midnight. And then you'll notice that each one of these markers, each one of these times is measured for its cortisol level and placed on a graph. And again, we should see that your circadian rhythm is optimal or not. Uh, where does it fit in the uh, standard deviations of value, which is the little black boxes for each measurement. And then a line goes from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And it should again be a step down from first thing in the morning to noontime, and then down more at three o'clock in the afternoon or four, and then down to the lowest again at night. If your cortisol levels are uh, abnormally high or abnormally low, this is information that will tell us if your adrenal system, your fight or flight system, your stress system is functioning normally or not. And if it's not, there are ways to obviously help treat that.
Um, and that's another podcast discussion. And I've had podcasts where I've talked about stress before, but this is a salivary cortisol test. And this is how it's used to assess the function of your adrenal glands. Now, one more thing that's tested in this saliva is also a different hormone than cortisol. And that's a hormone called DHEA, dihydroepiandosterone. DHEA, folks, is, your vital, is a vitality hormone. It is an anabolic hormone, a, a hormone that builds you up, a hormone that makes you feel strong and healthy. Um, cortisol, even though it may make you wired, is if it's too high all the time, is more of a catabolic hormone, meaning it's causing degeneration and it's causing breakdown through your systems. So this test, when we also test the DHEA level, will show you if you're normal or not. And then you can also do a ratio, a DHEA to cortisol ratio, and you can see where that stands. Now, in the past, I have done a, a podcast specifically on uh, salivary cortisol and the ratio of DHEA to cortisol and the types of things we could do to treat um, stage one versus stage two versus stage three adrenal dysfunction. And you may wanna look back through my podcast and see if you can find that episode if you're finding this topic extremely interesting. But the point of this discussion, the second discussion in this podcast on this typical functional medicine lab test is that a salivary cortisol uh, lab test can be used to assess the function of your stress system your adrenal system, and to see if it's functioning optimally or not. So that's number two. Let's go on to the third typical functional medicine test that I wanted to share with you today. And this is an amazing complex test. It's called a nutritional functional analysis. It's, it's specific, uh, you know, named through this lab is called a Nutra eval. Um, but this test is a, again, functionally looking at someone's overall nutritional function and status. This test involves doing a urine sample first thing in the morning is the way this one is done. And then also going and getting blood drawn on that same day. And then the lab would take, you take a kit, you pee in, you know, first thing in the morning in a tube, you freeze it, then you take the kit, you bring it to a lab, obviously somewhere that's agreed to do this for you. And they follow the directions and they draw your blood and they send it off as a kit through Federal Express to the lab. And the lab does an enormous amount of tests on all of the organic acids throughout your urine and your blood. It also tests for heavy metals uh, and toxic exposures oxidative stress, mitochondrial function of your body. It looks at fats, whether your level of omega-3 fatty acids versus your omega-6 fatty acids, saturated fats, as well as omega-9s. So it also, again, looks at toxic exposures with uh, cadmium and lead and arsenic and, and these things. It also looks at your typical minerals in your body and do you have enough um, magnesium? Do you have enough, um, you know, potassium and so on? 
It also assesses your methylization imbalance. Methylization is one of the primary forms of detoxification in your body. And many people out there have, ha have heard of MTHFR imbalances. This test and this type of testing, this nutritional functional analysis, looks at all of these things, folks, and gives you these categories and assesses whether you're functioning well. And you'll notice it has the same circles with colored uh, numbers in them to give you a ballpark of whether the function of, for example, oxidative stress is high, moderate, or low for you whether your mitochondrial dysfunction or your, your mitochondrial function, which has to do with your energy system, is optimal, moderately out of balance or highly out of balance. Again, whether your omega fatty acid balance is good, optimal, moderately out of balance or high, out of balance and so on, to toxic exposures and also methylization imbalance. And you can see in the list underneath those circles with the numbers in them, there's a lot of different organic acids and chemicals that they're looking at and saying whether they're optimal, moderately high, or red, meaning overly uh, high need for support and in need of real definitive correction. Um, so this is an amazing test. Now, the other thing that comes out of this test that you don't see in the image I'm providing you is that from all of this analysis, they also recommend exactly how much, for example, vitamin B12 you might need as a dosage in your multivitamin. It also tells you how much all of the different B vitamins, how much vitamin C, how much uh, you know, magnesium you should be on, whether you need digestive enzymes. So the point here, folks, is not only is it going to assess your overall individual nutritional function, it's also gonna make clinical recommendations as to exactly what vitamins you should be taking and supplementing with and exactly what dose you should be on. So this is an amazing test. Again, the third one I've talked about today is a more nutritional functional analysis. And it's this one specifically that I'm sharing with you is called the Nutra Eval, but there are other, again, labs out there in the functional medicine uh, realm that do nutritional evaluations and give you this type of functional information. So these are the three lab tests that are, that are these types of lab tests, such as a comprehensive stool analysis, the salivary cortisol test assessing the function of your uh, adrenal system. And this overall nutritional functional analysis are some of the most common functional medicine labs that are way different than any of the traditional blood tests that a primary care doctor would do. Now, I, of course, do the traditional type blood work that any other doctor would order. But when it fits with each individual patient that comes to see me as a functional medicine specialist, I might recommend, for example, one of these functional assessment tests. And we usually would gain an enormous amount of usable clinical information to help you improve the overall function of whether it's your gastrointestinal system, whether it's your adrenal stress system, 
or whether it is multiple of your systems, your detox system, your, uh, whether you're getting the right fat balance, your mitochondrial system, and whether you're, you're looking like you're overly toxic or whether your methylization system is functioning optimally. So I hope this has helped. Um, again, if you're interested, just reach out through discoverhealthfmc.com, which is my clinical website, to even set up a free consult to possibly talk with me or one of my staff about if any of these labs or whether you feel this is an uh, uh, avenue towards health you would like to pursue. So signing off for this podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the episode and the Discover Health Functional Medicine Center, visit us on our website, discoverhealthfmc.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will join us again next time so you can truly live in play as long as you want. <laughs>